everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. We're reaching the halfway point of the 2017 World Series of Poker out at the Rio in Las Vegas. And a lot of interesting stuff happening. Uh, we're keeping an eye on everything as it moves. Uh, Daniel Negreanu having a good series. Uh, seven caches uh, thus far. They're actually playing events like 36 through 40. Uh, so we're right about the midpoint of the numbers with 74 bracelets on the line this year. But uh, we're seeing some names of people coming back. David Bach uh, has won two bracelets uh, he's a guy that had a had a very big year about five years ago, I guess. I think 2009, he, he won the $50,000. Uh, uh, High roll. De- uh, I think it was the horse tournament. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, John Raisner has won a bracelet so far this year. We're seeing some people coming back. And uh, uh, very interested in talking about uh, what's going on out there. And uh, I guess some of the early talk, you know, obviously reporters are always looking for an angle. And I think immediately when the Colossus was down this year, the first two years they had it, uh, over 21,000 both years. This year they were short of 19,000, so that went down a little bit. But there's lots of uh, factors that we were talking about before going on the air. All the tournaments around town, things to do, uh, tournaments, more tournaments over the same period of time, so everything's uh, kind of... uh, uh, overlapping each other. Well, You've got to budget yourself. You've got to budget yourself as to, you know, where you think you have the best chance, you know. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's down 4,000 from the original date and 3,000 from last year. But, you know, when you get almost 19,000 people in a tournament, that's still amazing. One of the recurring themes, I think, tonight that we'll talk about is the difference in some of these tournaments. I mean, there's very basic differences between limit play and no limit play. Uh, you know, the difference in strategy. I want Joe to make some comments about that. Obviously, uh, the age bracket games, the seniors weekend was last weekend. We crowned both a seniors and a super seniors champion. And the difference in those games, what it's like out there, is quite a bit of difference, uh, Joe. Yeah, well, listen, I, I again, not having watched the seniors or the super seniors, but just obviously because of the age factor, I'm sure you're not seeing the hoodies, you're not seeing that impersonal style of poker that's played today with these kids, you know, or just, you know, sunglasses, hoodies, uh, earplugs in, you know, hearing their music. Uh, I would imagine it's a lot more enjoyable in the seniors and super Social, seniors. It's more wise. of what, what we used to do. And, and you know, you, you kind of enjoyed talking. And I, I would imagine that I don't know what size the fields were. I, I haven't looked at those fields. But nice. That's one of the few areas where the series is up this year you know, is in the and, seniors' events. And, and it's a lot more enjoyable. You know, you don't have that that uh, like I call that testosterone uh, fueled uh, style of poker that these young kids play today, and that you know we've been a witness to, and uh, the talking and the trash talking. You know, when I played poker, many you know, starting 30 years ago, you you didn't do that. You you talk trash on the table. You somebody was going to smack you in your mouth if if you got too too far out of line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of talk out there of some of the other things outside of the series, including uh, an event called the Electric Daisy Carnival, which is like a uh, 
uh, a music festival, electronic music festival, okay. and uh, uh, everybody's excited about you know taking a couple of days off in the series to head over and watch this uh, festival out in the desert and drawing a lot of the young people's away. And at the same time, uh, on Father's Day weekend, they have the seniors and the super seniors. And a very funny photo was posted uh, from outside the super seniors <laughs> event, uh, which is 65 and up. By the way, Joe and I... Uh, both would love to play in the seniors' event someday soon. We're both uh, over the age of 50, and uh, we haven't reached the super seniors, which is 65 and up. But uh, that's a fairly new tournament that they brought in, and uh, very popular out there. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the older guys are a little intimidated, especially with youngsters, uh, whippersnappers, or uh, you know, finding fault with some of their play and everything. And the same way, women are driven yeah. away from the game. The super the seniors insults, can be driven away. The insults and you know that that you get on the table, whether they're you know, direct, directed, you know, right at you or, you know, uh, on the side, you know, a little slight comment Cuts, that's made, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. It really isn't enjoyable. Exactly. Well, this photo uh, is from outside and it's taken from outside the rail and it has a picture and you can see the white hair on a lot of the gentlemen and the, <laughs> it's obviously a group of older gentlemen. And right in the front, outside of the ropes, uh, they keep uh, How the many bands of them out. Are there? How uh, many of them? About eight, eight scooters, <laughs> eight wheelchairs <overall>. type scooters <laughs> are out there, and it, it's a very funny photo, but uh, you know, very realistic. And the first thing it reminded me of was if you've ever been to Disney World and been to Epcot Center. Uh, right outside there, there's like a planner and everything, and it's just surrounded by like dozens and dozens of strollers. Because right. people take their kids into the ride and leave the strollers out there, and they leave all their stuff in the strollers, you know, figuring, you know, they want to steal my kids' stuff, you know, let them go ahead. But, uh, you know, it's the exact opposite. And here we have the uh, wheelchairs. Uh, they, they're all very modern, and uh, that was the joke that was made was that uh, in, instead of running to the table to grab a hand, uh, before it's mucked, uh, if you walk away from the table, there's a lot of scooting going on. <laughs> and, you know, you can't get the scooters in between the tables, so they're outside the ropes. But uh, uh, very some very interesting stories, and uh, some of the people talked about the event. And, and uh, Dan Highmiller, who uh, we've had on the show before, uh, was the seniors champion in, in 2014. Uh, he had the chip lead, and the seniors ended up finishing ninth. Uh, Frank Maglio was the winner of that event. But... Uh, a couple days later, the Super Seniors came around, and uh, the defending champion was James Moore, who won last year. And as it turns out, the 2017 champion is James Moore. He wow. came back and won back-to-back wow. -back Super Seniors Congratulations, titles. Congratulations, James. Which is really a huge accomplishment. Uh, but they did interview him before he won the tournament, and he said he, when he comes out to Vegas, he plays a few events and here and there. But at the series itself... He only plays the two senior events, and he wants to play every year. So uh, he prefers the super seniors, and he says the quality play for those events is similar uh, to each other. He said it's a friendly game. He said, he said now the, the over 50s, the just over 50s, he goes, those, they're still a little bit crazy. He said there's a lot of testosterone well, because they're there. still it, Well, yeah, because they're used to playing with the much younger guys, and then it kind of rubs off on you, I guess. And uh, they asked him, uh, you know, do, do you have extra confidence because you won this last year? And he said, well, of course. He said, and, and there was the quote, the Stu Unger quote that Mike Sexton, in all his recognition lately, repeated, was that anyone can win a poker tournament. Defending is where it's at. That's what Stu Unger said 
you know, 30 well, years ago. We've been hearing that in sports also for many years now. You know, it, 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 they're saying, hey, winning your first championship is easy. Defending it is very difficult. Right. You know, when you've got the target on your back, it, it, you know, it's a lot harder when everybody's coming extra hard for you. So, um, you know, and this year we saw it with, with the Cavs just falling to, the, to, to Golden State, even though they were a big underdog. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But uh, I do want to get into this little idea of, uh, of a story that uh, uh, one of the writers for uh, Poker News Daily, I think it was in uh, Earl Burton, writes a lot of stories. And uh, he says, has the World Series of Poker peaked? Now, we know that the hugest main event was, uh, was the year Jamie Gold won back in 2006, right before right. the, the, the U- UIGEA. Uh, passed, and of course, Black Friday changed things as well, and it's gone kind of up and down, but kind of hovered, the main event has hovered around that 65 to 6,800 mark. Uh, we had over 8,000 the one year that Jamie Gold won in 2006, but, uh, you know, people look at the Colossus, and they see the third year, and here it's dropped way off, and of course, a lot of those 18,500 entries were people entering Eight, well, but nine, this, ten times. But it was the same can be said for the for the first two years prior to that. In most of these tournaments, right. you, sure. you're going to have a certain percentage of people that continue to re-enter these tournaments, and they're counted as as another entry into the tournament. But you know, uh, I know he writes this article, and you know, yes, but you know, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances that you know that you got to kind of take. With this, one like you mentioned that we discussed before the start of the show was so many other casinos getting involved in the last few years of running their own tournaments in, you know, in direct competition with, with the WSOP. Um, I think the biggest problem uh, is that you know, for so many years, even after the, the, the 2006, uh, you know, stating where Party Poker left the United States, but you had all the other online sites taking, you know, U.S. customers. What, how many of these, you know, fed people into these, in, you know, into these tournaments, and especially the main event? You know, my guess has to be easily well over 1,500 at that time, and now it's been six years without that since Black Friday. and. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think it's 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 a tribute to poker that the fields didn't drop from you know the high that Jamie Gold had and the you know to to three four thousand. No, it's maintained itself in the mid six thousands for 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 the better part of the last six years. Well, when you look at some of the history of the game, and that's one of the interesting things I found about this story was it talked about numbers over the years and from the very first year, nineteen seventy. When Johnny Moss was the champion, basically they didn't even play it out. They just had a vote on who was the best player, and he won. And then next year they did play it out, and he came in and, and won again. And, and so. for the young listeners that don't but that was know seven, this, seven players in that first they'd year. They put up $10,000, and it was winner take all. Right. You know, that's how they played the main event back then. You know, it was more of these guys getting together from their house games in Texas and in other parts of the country to kind of get together for, you know, the, the WSOP was, was like, you know, two or three events, and it lasted a week, and that was it. You were done. Right. Well, if you look back at some of the numbers, uh, for instance, 1979 or 54 players in the event, uh, three years later they passed 100 for the first time, and they didn't pass 200 again until 1991 
when 215 players played. I don't know how involved you were with poker back then. I was not at all. Dave, no, but I, I love not. poker. I couldn't believe I thought 200 was just an incredible really? number. Really? I was like, oh, my God, how are you going to win a tournament with 200 people in it? Now, <laughs> now it's a complete failure if you get 200 people in a tournament. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1999, 393 players. Uh, the next year was the first year they passed 500. They had 512 the next year in 2000. And then, of course, you know, it kind of was uh, pretty stagnant until 2003 was the year that Moneymaker won. But that year there were 839. Uh, okay, 39. I thought it was and 31. And then uh, Moneymaker won, so people thought, wow, if he could win, then I could win. You know, exactly. and I got a chance. So then uh, the very next year there was... Uh, there was like 2,400 or something like that. Was that was the year Greg Raymer won it. Greg Raymer, and then uh, doubled again with the next year that Joe Hashem won. And then by 2006 was the biggest year, 8,773. When Jamie Gold won. When Jamie won. Gold won. And a uh, uh, funny line from that story says, uh, you had to wonder when it was gonna, they were going to have to move the tournament to Sam Boyd Stadium instead of the Rio. <laughs> but then came uh, the UIGEA two years later, the collapse, the financial collapse, and a uh, lot then Black Friday in 2000. 2011. But, so, you but know, poker has kind of, you know, uh, waited its, its way. It's waited sure. its way through all of those situations without a, a drastic drop, you know, uh, in, in, in their tournament fields. I mean, there, you know, the, the the total number of entrants every year has been broken, you know, year by year by year. Now, obviously, that could be attributed one to the Colossus, another to adding two or three or four more tournaments every year and there. Right. But, you know, the competition is a lot stiffer, too. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know. I take, I, you know, I understand the, the, the Earl Burton, uh, I believe, wrote that yeah. column, right? You know, I take what he says, not to say with a grain of salt, but, you know, the, there's a lot of circumstances that have led to some of those things that he's mentioning in that column. And, you know, to me, if the Internet, you know, if we hadn't had Black Friday – these numbers would still, I don't want to say keep growing, but they would have maintained that same level. I think the main event would have 7,500 or more every year easily, if not 8,000 like they did with Jamie Gold. Well, well, part of it, too, is also things do well. They get bigger every year. They tried, you know, there's a certain greed factor involved. There's no question about it. You know how many bracelet events there were in the year that Jamie Gold won? My guess would be somewhere between Forty-five and fifty. Very good. Forty-six. Forty-six. Go. in two thousand six. Uh, last year was sixty-nine bracelets. This year is seventy-four bracelets. So it gets bigger and bigger. Now you add in World Series of Poker Europe later in the year, which is going to be played in the Czech Republic this year. Eleven more tournaments over there. Where that one used to be like five. So it gets. There's eighty-five total World Series of Poker events, not including the circuit, of course, even. But, uh, you know, the other events, you, you know, you even compare it to the PCA in the Bahamas. They have 90 scheduled tournaments in nine days. So it's pretty that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Ten tournaments a day. That, yeah. That's just... Uh... <laughs> the other thing he talks about is the re-entry fad, which is uh, huge now. Well, uh, even the World Series that. of Poker has been affected by that with some of these events with re-entries. Of course, the main, you can't re-enter. Right. But still holding out for that one, but... You know, uh, you got guys entering eight, nine that, times in a that's, tournament. That's, that's, that's the one tournament. Totally. Dave, to me, that's the one tournament that they can never make a re-entry. You know, that's the that's the you know the you know it's the crowning jewel of poker tournaments has been for many years. 
Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the main event and, and Chris Moneymaker, obviously, you know, in 2003, we may never have had this growth to this numbers that we've seen, um, you know, and I think that's the one tournament that has to stay true and pure yeah. to what it always has been. And, and, and if they do that, you know, I don't see the numbers changing. Listen, they've tried to tweak it, remember? When uh, they said a thousand people guarantee a thousand people were going to get paid, and you know they've always tried to tweak it. Remember the a couple of years ago, ten million guaranteed for first place to see if that would increase uh, entries right, right, and right. and everything else. So yeah, you could do little things to it, but but uh, the you know the true nature of that tournament is ten thousand dollars. And, you know, buckle up those chin straps and get ready for for a long haul of poker. And, you know, I, I, like I said, this year they changed the November 9. I, I didn't like it when they first did it. Now I'm kind of sad that they got rid of it. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see how it works out this year, the first year again for that. But, uh, you know, we just wonder... Uh, you know, you see the other other factors as well. Things with the hotel and the food and the concessions and the and the raise, rising prices of uh, merchandise and that sort of thing. That that maybe the greed sometimes takes over and forces people out. But his uh, final point is that uh, is it possible that people just aren't finding the game of poker fun anymore because of the berating of other players, because of the uh, you know the the isolation of some people with the hoodies and the in the in the the beads of the ear, earbuds and that sort of thing, and the sunglasses. Is it taken so completely out of the fun social setting that it used to be that a lot of people are just finding it uh, tedious and tiresome? Well, I, I would have to say yes, but I don't see this turning back anytime soon. Uh, you know, we, we, we talked a few weeks ago about the tournament that, uh, in California that uh what was it matt um uh matt glance was uh matt uh, yeah yeah that he ran that tournament they would, you know, no uh matt savage savage excuse me not matt glance matt savage ran in the california social the social experiment um you know unfortunately for these large fields and with the young you know you need these young people to do this i mean they're, they're grateful for them you know where we don't I don't like a lot of the things that they do, but you're grateful in the poker industry that they're there and they're playing in these tournaments. And I think it's the responsibility of the room, Dave, to make sure that it's as as much fun and as much an enjoyable experience for all the players. Right. And, you know, this year, you know, the Kasuf thing caught a lot of, you know, press last year, got a lot of play because of the delay. This year they... they Modified the time zone of 40 seconds instead of a minute to stop. It's not a whole big change because you know, it, 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 but you see that they're moving towards doing something to make the game enjoyable again. And um, as long as they keep trying that, you know, whether it fails one year, but you keep trying to, you know, institute certain rules and regulations that that will make the the experience enjoyable for the large majority of the players. You know, this this poker will be fine, and, and the WSOP tournament will be fine for many, many years. Yeah, and that's always to say also that the, these things are cyclical. Uh, you know, things rise and fall with its popularity, and I don't think there's any time to panic right away. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, like I said, the biggest threat to the WSOP, in my opinion, 
is that, you know, none of the other rooms, none of the other big boys in Vegas are afraid of it. Right. You know, they've they've uh <laughs> they've they've decided to embrace it and try to see if, you know, if if they can cut their own little slice of that pie for themselves and, you know, that's that's the only thing going forward that will affect those numbers you know, more so than they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other interesting thing that I s- uh, came across uh, in looking at some of this stuff today was uh, uh, v- was Valentin Vornicu. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, because of the Giant this year, which is a tournament that lasts, uh, it goes every Friday night for five weeks. They're all opening sessions before finally at the end of this long period they go into day two. Well, they've had two opening sessions, two consecutive Fridays, and Vornicu uh, came out of uh, the, that second flight as the chip leader at the at, at the end of that Friday night. Now there's still three more flights flights to go, and he may not be the chip leader going into day two. But while holding that chip lead, he jumped into another event, a uh, $1,500 no-limit tournament. At the end of day one, he was the chip leader of that. So he actually held the chip lead in two events two at the same time. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, listen, when, when you're in that zone, <laughs> you don't want to stop playing. I, you know, I, I, I've been in that myself, and I'm sure a lot of poker players have. You, you, you don't want to stop. You really don't. The, 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 the tournament clock runs out for you at the end of the day, and you're like, wait a minute. I, I'm still playing outstanding poker. i got to go somewhere else, so congratulations to him. Yeah, he made a deep run last year. Remember him from the main event last year, so... Uh, uh, just kind of a little uh, thing that really doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, you know, he's next day and day two. He got knocked out of the fifth level of the day, and uh, he's out of that event. He still will come back, obviously, for day two of the Giant and uh, and and play some more there. And he last year he uh, I don't think he made the final table last year. I could be wrong. He might have slipped in there, but uh, you know, obviously a very good player and uh, just kind of a little unique thing that uh, you take a look at, but. Uh, uh, a lot of fun things happening out there. Uh, Chris Ferguson is uh, still alive in an event. Uh, very curious to think what might happen if he makes a final table and all of a sudden is on TV and how people will react to that. Well, people have already reacted to him being sure. in the room, you know, and it hasn't been very favorable. So I would imagine uh, the, the cries on social media, <laughs> the comments will be brutal for him, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, anytime you get caught up in, in a scandal like that and people think you've taken advantage of their good nature, of their trust, you know, it, it, I don't see how him and, and Howard Letterer, you know, survive this to ever come even 10% of what, they, of, of what they used to be, right? you know, in the eyes of poker players. Yeah. Well, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at what's happening out there right now. A few tournaments, very interesting tournaments going on right now. We'll look at a couple of those. We'll look at some of the recent uh, bracelet winners over the last week or so. Uh, we've been trying to keep you up on a little bit of that. David Bach winning two bracelets. Uh, ben Yu picked up a, a bracelet win. He had won, he is still alive in one of those events out there, so he has a chance to become the second one to do so. Uh, Negranu's still alive, and uh, some other people that we know uh, are, are doing very well out there. So we'll take a look at some of those when we return. And uh, a couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, Joe brought up uh, Nick Schulman today in an article he read back from 2008, talking about some up-and-coming uh, players that he predicted would do very well. One of them was Eugene Kachaloff. 
So uh, we'll get to that when we come back. And uh, Shulman has obviously advanced in the game as a teacher and a commentator and uh, already has a final table this year as well. So we'll look at all that stuff when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. You can always find us on uh, SoundCloud. It's probably the best uh, way we recommend people to find a show now. Uh, very great uh, Twitter uh, availability there where you can uh, watch, listen to the show, retweet it to your friends. Uh, you can also go to uh, iTunes and always download the show there. You can sign, sign up for a free subscription there and get the show every time uh, you open iTunes. It'll download the latest show. You can go to our website, PokerActionLine.com, and, and listen to any of the shows. Or you can pick us up on Hold'em Radio Network, which is uh, which is giving us a lot of good airtime there on their uh, website and uh we appreciate that as well from them. Poker Fuse sound, uh, podcast page is another place you can go. Stitcher Radio. There's just so many places you can find a show if you want to get to it. And uh, I was just re- reading some stuff about comedy podcasts and how many great ones there are out there. There was a recent article in Rolling Stone about the top funniest people in the world right now. And some of these shows that, that sound absolutely a scream. And there's only so much you can do with your free time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a poker person, we hope you'll listen to our show and, and uh, listen to some of the interviews uh, recently. We have Bernard Leon, who finished second in uh, one of the World Series events this summer. Seven triple draw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Tricia Cardiner uh, had some very interesting tips on uh, preparing for the series mentally and uh, the mindset of the game and that sort of thing. So uh, we hope you'll continue to follow the show, and uh, we'll get back with more results and uh, current standings out there of things that are going on when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line coming to you from South Florida, uh, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Can you tell if this burger contains bacteria that could cause kidney failure? Listen. Can't. Can you? You can't see it either. There's only one way to tell if you've cooked meat and poultry to a bacteria-killing temperature. Use a food thermometer. It's not an extra step or a nice-to-have. Raw or undercooked meat may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by using a food thermometer every time. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, uh, with another edition. Uh, kind of reaching the halfway point of the World Series. Uh, uh, we'll run down some of the results. Nice to see a guy we had on the show back in 2015. 
He was a football coach from uh, Jupiter. I don't know if you remember that. Jeff Tomlinson uh, won a bracelet uh, out there, and I got a chance to talk to him at the Hard Rock. Very nice guy, and uh, it was a very interesting interview. Uh, got a third the other day in, in an event, so Good nice to him. see. Congratulations. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, a lot of our guests have have done quite yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Out there. Chris Bolick, I saw had a cash, uh, you know, about fourteen grand in a in a uh, I think it was a twenty five hundred dollar buying event. So uh, you know, he he did okay. A lot of the South Florida people are doing fine. Uh, the Millionaire Maker, I I think we announced the uh, winner last week. It's uh, pa- it was Pablo Mariz, uh from Canada, twenty seven year old from Montreal, won that event. And uh, as I mentioned back then, I didn't really uh, notice a lot of the names on the final table were not recognizable to me. Uh, but some of the people who cashed, uh, Kenny Hallert, who was in November 9th last year, finished 17th. Jessica Dolly was 30th. Matt Affleck, 31st. Uh, so uh, congratulations to them. We were also in the midst of the marathon last week when we were on the show. Uh, uh, one of our friends, uh, Maurice Hawkins, was still alive, uh, as we talked, but he ended up finishing in ninth place. Did make the final table, but finished in ninth for 54000 Faraz Jaka, who we've also had on the show, uh, finished in sixth, won 123000 and was uh, playing at a final table today. I was just going to mention that. He got knocked out fifth in, uh, in the six-handed uh, final, 5000 no limit. Exactly. Uh, Tomlinson, that was the event. Tomlinson finished in third, won 307000 So after a bracelet two years ago, uh, the winner was Joseph de Rosa Rojas from Venezuela, 690,000, defeating uh, Alexander Linsky head-to-head in that one. Uh, Maurice uh, was doing well, but uh, got short-stacked heading into the final table, and uh, he had uh, got shot straight draw and a couple of live cards, but couldn't hit anything and got knocked what, out early. What I would like to know, and I'm sorry that Maurice got knocked out, but congratulations on making that final table, is if... Uh, Maurice's demeanor at the table, how it went over it, uh, over there in Vegas, as we know, you know, he he may not be the poker player's favorite uh, down here in South yeah, Florida exactly. because because uh, of the talk that he talks. Uh, anyway, uh, Tomlinson got knocked out. We had uh, Ace King and uh, got knocked out with pocket. Uh, someone had pocket eights. Anyway, some of the other events: uh, the Raz Championship, uh, ten thousand dollar buy-in was won by Australian James Opst. Uh, he uh, wins the Raz Tournament, which uh, I didn't get the exact number of players in that. Let's see if I can see that here. Uh, 97. So uh, that might be down a little bit. Uh, it's probably one of the least popular events as far as numbers of players. Uh, one of the other players' comment, I think, uh, 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 what event was that? I have to see that. But anyway, uh, uh, how... The event was way down. It was Jesse Martin's quote uh, from earlier in in the tournament with one of the events was down from like 127 last year to 80-some. So there's certain events that are just not doing all that well. That had to be a large buy-in. Uh, from 127 people, for, you know, down to 80 something, that had to be a large buy-in yeah, tournament because those exactly are the ones that have sure. the, the the entries uh, like that. You know, let me see if I can find that here. Uh, uh, it was uh, d- uh, the 10,000, yeah, d- yeah uh, do 10, seven 000, triple That's draw. what I figured. It would have to be one of those. And also a, a game that's not in the normal, you know, mainstay of uh, of poker players, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, all these things are kind of adding up. They had 125 last year, and they went to 80 this year, exactly 80. Uh, but the seniors, the super seniors, and PLO were all up uh, this year, a double-digit percentage increases. Uh, 
the PLO event was up 22%. Uh, but only six out of th- the first 30 events saw an increase. Uh, another six were new events. So the most shocking number they said that they found was a 16% decline in the 10K events. So, uh, you know, with that many things going on out there, a lot of people uh, can't really pony up uh, 10 grand. Let me tell you what that is, Dave. Okay, and it w- I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman at Dania who, you know, told me his first name. He didn't give me a last name. His first name is Joel. He's a backer, mm-hmm. you know, of, okay. of players out there. And one of the things that he told me that backers are having problems with is the fact that the fee- that the payout is going to 15% of the field now across the board. In every event? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he goes, so it makes it a lot harder to make money. And now that you're telling me these big buy-in events are down, you know, it it, it 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 makes a little sense. He told me it's a lot harder to make money. So it's, you know, backers are not putting up a lot of the money because, you know, uh, if, their, if their player made it to, you know, to the top 5%, you know, in the past, you know, uh, now it's 15% are getting paid. So a lot less money is going to you finishing in, you know, in that position than it was in the past. So he was not one of those people that was in favor of expanding the uh, payout pool. But I think that's something that the WSOP needs to do, you know, that needed to do, that I should say, because they've already done it, need, uh, needed to do to attract the casual players, you know, that they have a chance of getting them in cash and, and saying that they made the money in a WSOP uh, tournament event. Right. Uh, one of the other uh, finishers in the uh, in the Raz tournament was Nick Schulman finishing ninth, uh, winning twenty one thousand. Uh, you had mentioned Nick, and uh, he's doing a lot of commentary on uh, Poker Go, and uh, isn't that he's a, also doing a bunch of teaching as well. Yeah, but our listeners need to know this. Dave just recently moved, and he knows I'm a big. I, I've always loved reading card player, and he had had many of them, and he gave them to me. And over the last few weeks, I've been reading through some of these card players. And like I said, I ran, I read a, a, an interview that they did with Nick Shulman. He was 24 at the time. It was the July 18th issue of Card Player in 2008. And at the end of the interview, the, the, the lady who was interviewing him asked, you know, can you give me the name of any new up-and-coming cash or, or tournament player you know, that's out there, and he goes, there's a few of them, he goes, but the one name I'm going to mention to you is uh, my friend Eugene Kachaloff, and he goes, uh, you know, he's, I think he's one of the best cash and tournament players I've ever seen, and this is before Eugene kind of hit the, <laughs> and as it, as life would have it, I, I going through another magazine, you also had the Bluff magazine there, he was 2011's Bluff Player of the Year. Right. So, you know, talent is recognizing talent real quick over there. That's, that's what, you know. I'm well, he's branched out into all uh, aspects of the game. I'm looking back at his uh, record. He won the uh, uh, the Deuce the 7 low ball draw tournament back in 2009 and also in 2012. So he's an expert at the large stakes uh, Deuce 7 tournaments. Uh, this year he finished third in the uh, $10,000 do seven low ball. You're talking about uh, uh, Eugene? Shulman. Oh, no, Shulman. I'm talking about Shulman. Nick, Nick Shulman. Well, he's, and uh, in, in the Raz, as I mentioned, he finished ninth. So he has two final tables this year. He's also doing commentary, and he's also teaching poker uh, over the years. So he's uh, he's turned it into a lifelong uh, 
you know, job, really, a uh, career. This is a calling. <laughs> and these people continue to have such such great success and, and branch out to different aspects of the poker world and, and continue to, to thrive at it and excel. Uh, poker is a calling for that young man. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, uh, just wanted to bring that up. And, and as we look at some of these old poker players, you know, I, was, I had a chance to uh, uh, watch on NBC Sports uh, Network. Uh, they carry a lot of the poker after dark broadcasts, and I watched uh, a couple hours worth the other night. and And a guy who's doing very well this year is Mike Matiso, and uh, Matiso was uh, at the final table, and it was three handed. It was Matiso, Karina Jett, and Annie Duke. And we don't even hear from Annie Duke anymore. I don't well, know if she's she disappeared playing really also, well, obviously being the sister of Howard Letterer. Yeah, she, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, and and also being you know part of the ultimate bet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure she wanted to hide for a little while. And of course, she got all the publicity as being on The Apprentice with Donald Trump, and uh, you know, so uh, and she's gotten da- away from her. The and Daniel got into it for quite a while too. No? Yes, exactly. So uh, you know, someone watching these old things and, and then hearing them talk about future players and then seeing them be successful and, and, and move on is kind of interesting, I think. Yeah, well, again, going through some of those magazines from ten, nine, ten, eleven years ago, you know, it's funny how you you're reading some of the tournament results from back then, and wow, lo and behold, those players are still successful and getting the final tables uh, in today's age. Yeah, another one you, from those TV shows that you don't see hardly at all anymore. Who knows what he's doing? Tom Dwan. Yeah, as uh, a guy we really haven't seen uh, for quite a few years. Uh, but one of the people who just uh, recently, uh, this last week, uh, crossed his name off the list of best players never to win a bracelet was Chris Mormon, oh. who was online uh, superstar, won the $3,000 Six Max uh, No Limit event, uh, and picked up uh, close to 500000 for his win there. Uh, he had finished second before in 2011, had a runner-up performance at WSOP Europe uh, also, in the past, but the first time he's ever won a bracelet. So congratulations to Chris. We've had him on the show as well. So uh, that has, pretty interesting. That, that, let me tell you, that's, especially when, like like the saying goes, you've been the bridesmaid a couple of times, never the bride. When you've come in second twice, you, that, that, that victory has to taste very sweet. Absolutely. A couple of South Florida players did very well. Uh, Samantha Cohen finished 17th, and uh, Joey Weissman. Also from Boca, uh, finished 51st. And Vanessa Selbst was 56, so she is out there playing. Uh, she hasn't really made a big splash. But well, we didn't did. hear much from her after that bet that she made with Jason last year. Yeah. That was the big news. You know, I don't know if that took her off her game, but we hadn't heard about her because she had dominated poker and female poker even more so for two, three years. I mean, she was, what, one of the top ten players, period, for, for a good two- or three-year period. Uh, time frame yeah she had a rough last year in the wsop but i'm glad to hear she's back she's a hell of a player yeah a funny story from event 28 uh, the winner was uh um was brian brubaker uh he had booked his hotel room uh through day two uh and he was still alive and couldn't find a hotel room he said he <laughs> called eight different places before he f- finally got a room at the cosmopolitan at 3:30 in the morning so uh he picked up a win in that tournament, uh, obviously with that electric uh, Daisy Carnival out there. Hotel rooms were pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Brubaker wins that event, and uh, 
Max Cruz, who is a big-name soccer player from Germany, finished at the final table in fourth place. And Rick Fuller was sixth. Rick Fuller, if that name sounds familiar to you, is the partner of Rep Porter in uh, the Poker Academy. So, uh, And Rep, Rep won a bracelet last, last year. year. I think right. he owns three now, right? Two or three at least. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, in the uh, Deuce 7 Triple Low Ball 10,000, Ben Yu uh, was the winner. Uh, ben won uh, this tournament in, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, he won, uh, he won a tournament two years ago in 2015 and uh, in Limit Hold'em. And that, that was a question that I wanted to bring up to you because uh, we're following along in that one and it's uh, getting pretty late in the tournament, but... Uh, the differences between limit and no limit hold'em. I wanted to get you to talk about that just a little bit because Ben Yu won this that tournament in 2015. Ian Johns won the tournament last year. Both of them were in the final 15 uh, heading into today's action. So uh, there's obviously a different skill that that you can uh, excel at. Yeah, well, it's the strategies that you have to have, you know, and. With so many people playing no limit now, I mean, I you know, I grew up with limit being the, the game that we played. So, you know, in, in limit, not to say you can't bluff in, in, in limit, but in limit, you know, unlike in no limit, when you flop the hell of a hand, you know, you check hoping that one of your opponents, well, you know, the the price the price of poker, so to speak, is, is determined depending on what level you're on, and you have to come out and bet your hands aggressively. You got to charge the people a price to chase you down. And since you know, since in no limit, you can push all in at, at any time. You know, you can take somebody off a hand that's already put some money in there. If you're afraid of the texture of the board that they may have an open-ended straight or a flush, even though they don't, they're not getting the pot odds to call. You could push them. While in limit, if that's the case, you know, they'll check, you bet, they're going to call trying to see if they can suck out on you. So any time that you have a, a, a made hand, a really strong hand, and limit, you got to, in my, at least that's how I played it, you have to come out betting it. If you're going to chase me, you're going to continue to pay the price all the time. You know, the, there isn't as much uh, gamesmanship, so to speak, you know, where you're trying to act weak when you're strong and vice versa. And limit... You know, you've got to make your opponent pay the price for every street that they're going to see a card. You right. can't give them a free street. Uh, but just mentioning Ben Yu again, uh, he's still alive in that event. He's in third place in chips. We mentioned Ian Johns, who won it last year. He's been knocked out, but they started the day with the final 15. They're down to nine. J.C. Tran, the chip leader there. Joe McKeon is in second. Good for him. So, uh Tran has a pretty huge lead, actually, 1.8 million. Uh, McKeon has 970,000. Yu has 782,000. And uh, other players uh, alive include uh, Sorel Mizzy and Robert Campbell. So uh, that's one of the ones we're watching. Negranu was also in that final day today looking for uh, another bracelet, but uh, he got knocked out So was early. Jason, right, in that tournament? I think he was in one of these, but uh, I think he got knocked out a little earlier. But okay. uh, Negranu ended up finishing the 13th. So uh, we're keeping an eye on some of these events that are going on now. Seven-card stud high-low, uh, eight or better, is uh, reaching uh, some of the later stages. And uh, that's the tournament that Chris Ferguson uh, still alive in. So uh, we're watching that one. The uh, Braden uh, Gaisley uh, from Scottsdale is the chip leader. The grinder, Michael Mizraki, is in third place. 
And uh, speaking of South Florida connections, Miami John Cernudo, who's not really from Miami. From Miami. But, but he is in fourth place uh, right behind uh, the grinder. And Randy Ohel, who is from uh, uh, Boca Raton, now lives in Vegas, is in fifth place. So all those guys uh, right in there. Uh, John Raisner is currently 10th in chips. And Ferguson is 16th with 58,000 chips. So uh, that one's nearing... Uh, uh, latter stages, still 90 players left out of 595, but uh, that's all the stuff that's going out there today. Still some pretty good stuff as we're kind of in the midway point of the uh, the, the schedule. Yes, as we head towards July 8th and the start of the main event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joe Hashem still alive in that event. Uh, for those who uh, uh, like Joe, I know uh, our Joe is a big fan of Joe Hashem. Uh, Frank Casella having a great series, still alive out there. Uh, the Chainsaw, Alan Kessler still alive. Jeff Madsen. Uh, Max Pescatori, uh, Jerry Wong from South Florida, Justin Bonomo is still in there, who I uh, expected to have him a bigger series than he's having. But uh, we mentioned Karina Jett, her husband Chip Jett is uh, still alive in that tournament, as is Ted Forrest and uh, a lot of other, other big names. So uh, still a long way to go in that one, but uh, we'll keep an eye on what's happening there. So uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I want to talk a little more about the Super Seniors when we come back. And uh, we'll finish out things with uh, some other stuff on the show. Um, the Seminole Hard Rock has come out with their schedule for August for the uh, the Big Four. And the events there will run down some of that. And uh, certainly we'll look forward to uh, some of the stuff coming up on TV, which I'll talk about as well. Anyway, let's take our last break on the show. When we return with our final segment, uh, we'll... Uh, Finish things out, have some fun, take a look at what's still to come in the World Series as we head on for week number four. Uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. 
Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application. I'm not sure which is the uh, greater accomplishment, uh, Valentin Vornikou uh, having the chip lead in two events at the same time, or David Bach coming back and winning two bracelets in ten days. We know that Jason I'll, won two bracelets I'll in ten days last year. I'll take the two bracelets. Yeah. I'll take the two bracelets. I think so, uh, too. Uh, if you look back, he was the player of the year in uh, the, the, the World uh, Championship horse champion in $50,000 horse back in 2009. And uh, it's not that he hasn't had some close calls, but... Uh, his second bracelet came uh, on June 5th uh, when he won the uh, $1,500 Dealer's Choice six-handed event, uh, getting past Negreanu and Mercier, who both made the final table there but uh, did not win. Uh, and then he came back and won uh, the $10,000 Horse Championship uh, this past week. And so I uh, talked a little bit about it with some of the reporters. And uh, obviously, you know, the two different huge type of tournaments, but he's a, he's a mixed-game type player. And uh been playing poker for like 20 years. Uh, he was a bowler, actually, first, and decided to, that he wasn't going to make a good living from bowling. So uh, <laughs> his family played uh, poker games at the home for pennies and that sort of thing and um, played his first cash game when he was 18 and, and went to the University of Georgia and uh, started talking about some of his, his career. And when they asked him about uh, being in the running for the player of the year, uh, he, had, he had sent out a tweet and said, I've won two bracelets this summer, and I'm in 14th place in the Player of the Year rankings, which kind of makes you wonder if there's something wrong with it. Although the two events he played in were relatively small compared to some of these huge tournaments, I'm not sure exactly how the scoring works, but obviously if you're in a tournament, uh, win a tournament, huge tournament with uh, 18,000 entries, you're going to get a lot more points than if there's 150 players. Yeah, but they also, don't they skew these, uh, you know, player of the year points they based do. also on the buy-ins of these tournaments? And, you know, I I would prefer to see it, and I think most poker players, the, the, the large majority of them would prefer to see it as every tournament stands on its own, regardless of the buy-in. Now the entries are the you know the entries. Yes, you know you adjusted to larger fields. It's a lot harder to win it, so you should deserve more points. But I don't know if you deserve more points only because you got a deeper pocket than everybody else. Right. So you know that that's just something that I've always you know. Now it's funny that he mentioned it, but I've always thought about that. You know, the, there's no chance for you know quote the average Joe who's who plays in you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar buy-ins, which are you know, which are nice to buy in. Those used to be big tournaments. You know, when you have these guys that are playing in, in hundred thousand dollar tournaments, fifty thousand dollar tournaments and and their points are so much higher, you know, just because of the, the amount of money that they're putting into the into into the uh prize pool. So right. I don't I'm not quite sure if that's how the WSOP does it, but I know that a lot of the other player of the year awards from different organizations you know, skew that to the buy-in and and the and the number of entries. So, I don't think the buy-in deserves that as much as 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 the entries. Yeah, exactly. Well, he said he's going to play the fifty thousand dollar horse, and he'll probably play a few more ten k events now. He's definitely looking at this player of the year race 
getting uh, moving up the charts, and he's already talking about hoping that maybe someday he has a shot at the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, obviously he hasn't done a whole lot over the last five, six years, but uh, you know, has he met the criteria of playing in, in the largest games? Because that's so. one of the yeah. you know, in one of the largest cash games and and the competition. I mean, obviously he's done that in the tournaments, but some of these players don't play as much cash games as. As, as what we've read in the past for the Hall of Fame. Right. Well, we'll see. Um, I did want to also mention uh, a couple of things from this Super Seniors event because uh, uh, seeing a guy come back and win two years in a row is, is, is pretty excellent. And uh, 1,720 players in the Super Seniors, that's 65 and older. So 1,700? Uh, yeah. That's, that's a great, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ken Aldridge finished fifth, by the way. Ken is a really nice guy. I got a chance to see him at a few tournaments down here. Uh, he's the guy who finished second to Will the Thrill at a tournament about four or five years ago. It was on uh, the WPT uh, telecast. Uh, they call him Teach. Always wearing yellow. Uh, but a good guy. Uh, Chris Bjorn was 72nd. TJ Cloutier uh, made a pretty, pretty deep run in that. Susie Isaacs was 211th. And uh, James Woods finished 34th. The actor James Woods. So, you know, we interviewed him last year when I was out there, and he's a very good poker player, uh, but made a nice deep run in that one. Uh, and uh, Woods wins, uh, not Woods, uh, Moore, James Moore, uh, winning for the second year. So back-to-back years, uh, picked up nearly $500,000 in the between Super the Seniors. Between the two years? Between the two years. So pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that that will that'll set you into your sunset. Uh, he's sixty six uh, years powerful. old and he's played. He's a, actually a radiologist from uh, Philadelphia. Oh, okay. And uh, he's sixty six, so he's only played in it both two years. And that he won he's it both eligible. Times. Yeah, two years he's, he's been eligible. He's won it. And he uh, enjoys playing in the seniors, so if, he played in that listen, as well. If, if if he retires today, that's an unbreakable record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can only tie him. <laughs> So anyway, uh, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, talk about some of the things locally here. Uh, first of all, I did want to mention, uh, I was looking at the TV schedule and uh, the big uh, tournament of champions from uh, the Seminole Hard Rock that was back in April it will be shown on the, uh, the World Poker Tour uh, television shows beginning August 27th. So I'm, I'm going to take a look at some of that. Uh, they just finished the Montreal event, and coming up uh, starting this week is the Five Diamond Classic, which, which was played last December, uh, LAPC from January, and the Bay 101 from uh, February, I guess, are, are the upcoming tournaments that they'll be showing there. But uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, I did get a chance to slip by there last week, check out the ballrooms, and the, uh, take a look at the construction area where they're going to be building the uh, guitar-shaped hotel and a brand-new shopping and uh, uh, restaurant and clubs area, uh, Seminole well, Paradise. they're going to go out into where the lake used to be yeah, and everything. Yeah, they filled so in part of the lake. They're going to expand that. Yeah. Nice, if you nice. go up and park in the garage, you can get a good view of everything. And that's obviously in the very beginning stages. But they did move the poker room to the ballrooms, which is where they've had a lot of the big tournaments over the last few years. But uh, not to be outdone, they've uh, released their event schedule for uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, which gets underway August 3rd, so that's uh, really not too far away. They start out with a 570 buy-in deep stack event with uh, six opening sessions. That starts on the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, and uh, then they'll they'll move along with a lot of stuff. There'll be a uh, Jeff Conine uh, Celebrity Classic, which will be tied in with a charity series of poker, Matt Stout's group, 
and that will be on uh, August 7th. There will be a super high roller on the 8th. And the championship, the $5,250 championship uh, buy-in, uh, will have a $3 million guarantee this year, which is less than in past years. Uh, started out with 10 the first two years, went to 5 the next couple, and then now they're going with a $3 million guarantee, of course, uh, feeling the effects also not only of a smaller or a different poker area and less room, but the uh, saturation of the game uh, everywhere is kind of cutting back on some of those huge guarantees. Yeah, and, you know, listen, got to give them a little bit of credit, you know, realizing that. and But they still put on a hell of a hell of a tournament. You know, they, they do everything pretty much first class over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that will be uh, Friday the 11th of August and uh, Saturday, the two opening days. Uh, you'll get a single re-entry uh, in those 52.50. The buy-in starts at 11 on those two days. Come back 13th for day two, the 14th for day three, and the final table is part of the big four. Uh, will be on Tuesday the 15th. So all those four final tables from the big four events. The other ones include a uh, $1,100 buy-in uh, re-entry event, which starts on the 9th. On the 13th will be a 26.50. Uh, freeze-out event with a million-dollar guarantee. And then the 25-5 uh, high roller will be, uh, with a two-million guarantee, will be on the 14th. So all these are staggered starting days, but will conclude all in the same day in the same room as they have for the last couple of years. So uh, certainly looking forward to those events over at the Hard Rock. Yeah, that's, uh, listen, it's always a lot of fun, and you're always there. Yeah, so I'm there a lot of live, days. You live up in this area, so it's a lot easier for you to get to. But everything looks good in that poker room, in the ballroom there? Yeah, it's a very nice setup. Uh, you know, they didn't have all the brushes and the cashiers and stuff before, but they do now, so it's part of their regular room. So uh, did a nice job, and uh, they basically have it cut in half, the the huge ballroom that they use for some of those big tournaments, and they uh, work out of one side, and then they'll, they'll expand well, to both you sides You know, maybe, maybe that's also one of the reasons, Dave, that they don't have the room to put up as many tables exactly. to give that guarantee. You they know? have 37 tables uh, in that room, in the, in the ballroom. I'm not sure what they had before in the huge ballroom, but... Uh, I do know they had 41 tables over in their poker room that was out in the Seminole Paradise. Okay, so and was that ballroom the only ballroom that they used for tournaments? Uh, well, no, there's a couple side rooms back there as well with some tables. So I yeah, don't know but, if they're going to But they've definitely those. taken some of that space away with the regular poker room now that they've had to move up there. Right, so right. maybe that, that, that could be the reason that they maybe lowered that $5 million to $3 million since you 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 really can't, you know... Uh, attend to, to that many poker players when you have that. Even though you're going to have alternates, it will affect the size of your of your entries right. into your field when, but when you don't have room for it. I tell you what, that's become worldwide. That's become the focus of uh, the poker world after the series gets over. And, of course, this year, uh, with no November 9, everything concludes on the 22nd of July. And you got about two weeks off before the people will start heading to South Florida. And uh you know, there's not a whole lot of choices, uh, you know, mid-late summer after the series is over. So it's really going to be a huge focus. Well, remember, the they, they, uh, they isn't there a big tournament in September, usually in Europe somewhere? I remember, you know, these guys used to run out there in September. The, a lot of the November Niners were out there. I think that's a little later. I think it's in October. And I now think, it's uh, moved World to, but I remember there used to be like mid to late September. And, uh, yeah. they'd you know, a couple of November Niners would be out there, so... But you're right. I mean, after six, seven weeks of, you know, nonstop action in Vegas, you know, the, the poker world 
is is you know the the, the is out there, and I don't know I don't know how much you know how much more they could take. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's funny, uh, you know. You hear about all the successes and the bracelets and people making final tables and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of names you don't hear, and you wonder, are they out there or not? Uh, I just saw a tweet. Mike Dentali, who, of course, uh, had the big match with Kate Hall earlier in the year. Uh, I saw him tweeting. He said, uh, uh, I'm getting the hell out of Vegas, going back home to New Jersey. Vegas, I hate your guts. <laughs> yeah, which means he probably didn't have a good time at the cash tables because that's the word I'm hearing from so many of the guys that went out there for a couple of weeks that the cash games are just, you know, are just absolutely crazy out there. And yeah. Unfortunately for most of the guys from down here that I know, it did not go very well for them over there really? in the cash games. Really? Yeah. Uh, some of the events coming up over the next uh, weekend, uh, starting today, were a couple of events, $1,500 PLO, and the uh, $10,000 six-handed uh, events both started today. Tomorrow will be uh, uh, the No Limit Hold'em Shootout, uh, $1,500 buy-in, the 3,000 horse. Then over the weekend, we'll have some the Monster Stack uh, back in action with uh, entries on Saturday and Sunday. That's a $1,500 event uh, with 15,000 starting chips. Uh, that all starts this weekend. And then uh, throughout the weekend, I'll have a seven-card stud, high-low, $10,000 championship, and a $3,000 PLO six-handed. So uh, a lot of stuff still to come. Still have this, the uh, the ladies' tournament still to come. Uh, Crazy Eights is still on deck. Uh, another online tournament will be there. And uh, most notably, probably the $50,000 Poker Players Championship, which uh, the Grinder has won twice and uh, um, has all the different games, so uh, that's something that we'll look forward to. Again, uh, check out Poker Go because it's really uh, some interesting stuff. Was watching Faraz Jaka play today. Uh, he was the chip leader going in, but got knocked out as you mentioned at fifth. Kenny Hollard is out as well. They were down to three. Uh, Nadar uh, Kakmazov, uh, Sam Sam Sabra was out. Chris uh, Hunikin was also still alive, and uh, one other player, I guess. Hutchinson, we'll I think. Yeah. Hunikin was, Uni- uh, he's still in, but there's three players left. He was the left. chip leader, I believe. No, Jocka was the chip leader going in. But no, no, I'm oh, saying yeah. when they were three-handed. Yeah, I think you're right. They were three-handed. Uh, he was ten, ten but, million to but three all million. three of them, all three of them were within, like, five big blinds of each other, five or six big blinds of each other. Uh, I remember they, right before we got on the air here, the percentages were, like, 37%. 30, you know, 32 and 31 percent of the total chips that were out there. So uh, that's anyone's tournament when when you're that close. Anyway, we'll keep up on all these events and uh, let you know what Chris Ferguson did in the uh, in the seven card stud tournament, and uh, whether J.C. Tran is able to hang on, hang on against Sorrell Mizzy and and Ben Yu and some of the others in that tournament. So uh, yeah. we'll have all that stuff next week for you. That's going to do it for tonight's show. We appreciate you being with us as we follow along with the World Series of Poker and look ahead to some of the things here in South Florida later in the summer. But uh, lots of fun stuff, and uh, we'll talk to some of these players when they get back in town and uh, and get more of an idea of what went on. I'm still not sure if I'm going out or not, but uh, certainly would love to and, and, and would look forward to it as well. Anyway, that's going to do it, Joe. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, Gio, all, for all your help as well. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with another edition of the show next week, Poker Action Line. Check us out on Hold'em Radio Network or on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the places where you pick up your podcast. And uh, if you have anything to add to the show, give me uh, an email, bigdave at pokeractionline.com. 
Love to hear from you, and we'll talk about your questions or topics that you suggest to be on the show as well. That's it for the show this week. We'll be back next week with another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 